Welcome to the next in our series of Journal Star Editorial Board podcast interviews with Peoria City Council at-large candidates ahead of the February 26th primary. Today we have Kevin Sibley joining us. Thank you. Pleased to meet you and pleased to be here. Glad you could be here, Kevin. I'm Chris Kiergaard, Journal Star Associate Editor, along with Dennis Anderson, Journal Star Executive Editor. Hello, everybody. All right, Kevin, I want to start right in and ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that makes you want to run for city council. Well, I've lived in Peoria for over 50 years. I ran a business here for a long time. Um, I spent a lot of time complaining. Me and my wife spent a lot of time complaining about the way things are in Peoria. You know, the taxation was the main thing. I mean, it's getting tough to live. In fact, we're thinking at some point, you know, when we retire, we're not going to be able to afford to stay here as things are. And we could sit and complain about it. Or maybe I could put my hand in there and try to do something about it. You know, that's where I'm at on this. I'd like to be someone that brings some change, some good news for a change. You know, I have a very positive outlook. I love the people of Peoria. I want to see everybody do well. All right. What's your recipe for uh, for trying to improve the city? Well, for one thing, we've got to get this tax thing under control. It's very, very crazy. Rainwater taxes, I don't agree with that. I get They call it a fee. It's a tax. Mm-hmm. And then we just got another fee. There's got to be an end to that somewhere. It's stressing people out. And what I mean by that is some people, well, there's some that can't leave. They're mm-hmm. too poor to leave. And then there's some that look at it and go, I'm not doing another year of this. And they leave. Mm-hmm. And then our tax base gets smaller. So I guess the response there is raise taxes again. But when you do that, your tax base gets even smaller, more people leave. And that's kind of the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. In, in both those instances, there are, are required payments at, at the end of the day that, yep. that, that have, to, have to come for these things. I want to ask you two things there. One, what would your alternative have been in the short term for making those payments? And two, what's your long-term alternative to avoid the taxes? Well, at this point, we're going to have to have some economic development. That's got to happen. Um, we've got a lot of neighborhoods that are run down, okay? And they're not bringing in revenue when you don't have homeowners living in them. We've got to have incentive to bring people here. I know a lady that recently bought a house, and she bought it for, I think she's paying $400 a month for it, and she has to pay that for like two years. Mm-hmm. But she owns it at the end of that time. Contract for deed type. And of she's fixing it, mm-hmm. yeah. And more programs like that need to happen. That's what I think. Um, I think we also, it's, it's hard to, you know, talk about it, but we're going to have to make some cuts. We have some things that overlap. We have a lot of overtime. And I'm not talking about police and fire overtime because that's kind of mandatory. You've got to have mm-hmm. that. We need our police and fire. Now, where else are you seeing city overtime? That, that city Hall. There's a lot of places there. When you start looking through the paperwork and you start mm-hmm. seeing what's going on, you can see that there's some overtime. There's, there's some positions that could be cut. You know, I don't, not being right there all the time, I can't tell you what those are, but there's mm-hmm. always a way to make something run more efficiently. I found that out in business myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something you have to do. You have to run efficiently. Mm-hmm. Economic development, where is that going? What are your plans for that and where that's going to come from? Well, the president just recently signed something. Is a, It's an executive order that he signed in December. And I'd like to see if we can get some of that money. Okay. Basically, what it's for is a neighborhood renovation, all right? Uh, we've got neighborhoods here. You look at the north end, you look at the south end, you look at the east bluff. They've pretty much been ignored, and the residents know it. And this creates distrust. And we've got to get down there and get those looking good to attract new business there. 
And I'm thinking small business, too. You know, we have a, a grocery, grocery store desert, if you will. <laughs> I know people that, you know, and I talk to a lot of people. That's something I do a lot. And there are people that are having a two-hour commute to go get groceries and then two hours back home. That's half the day gone <laughs> just to get their groceries. And, you know, from, from a... It, it's this has got to change. What City Hall not been doing on trying to get a grocery store here? Because they've they've set up a committee. There have been meetings. City Economic Development staff have tried right. to reach out to grocery companies across the Midwest to come in. What what have they not done that they ought to be doing to bring somebody back in? Well, not be in there all the time. I can't be specific, but I can tell you that I see some things with City Council where I don't feel that the council's operating as a full team. I don't think they're all talking. And that's the communication's got to start there. You've got to talk to them, and then you've got to go to the communities. And grocery stores are one thing. What else do these communities need? We've got to think about that. You ask the people, what would they like? What do they need? And if we can get them those things, you know, you're going to start developing trust again, but you're going to have to go to the people about it. You're going to have to work as a team. Well, have you gone to the people as a candidate? Oh, yeah, yeah. I talk to people all the time. Who, who you, who, where are you talking? I, w- I talked to some a lady recently down in the north end, and she has basically got her whole neighborhood together, working mm-hmm. together. And they, they're, they're making little improvements, okay? Mm-hmm. And it, it's really – I went to high school down in the north end. Mm-hmm. And it's a different look now because they've literally taken control. They've taken ownership of their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Which is this in the the Madison Monroe yeah, yeah. corridor there? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And she has did this garden. She did a community garden thing. And you, you might think that's simple, all right? But it was a way for her to re- reach out and get to know her neighbors. And you know, she grew all these tomatoes and things. And it was just it was a phenomenal deal. Mm-hmm. They they all got fed, you know, and they became a community. And I think we need to do that more. I think neighbors need to get to know each other. This puts a bite on crime, you know, and it makes things look better. When things start looking better, you can get people to come. Mm-hmm. You know, when things look like crap, the roads are horrible. And when things look like crap, what are you going to do? You know, if nobody wants to put a business on a road that looks like crap. You know, it's it's not only that, but it's a pay, public safety hazard. How are you going to pay for the roads, fix the roads, bring the business? There is money put aside for that in this current budget. It's a, I just wonder if they're going to do it. We have patches on top of patches. I mean, I'm a motorcyclist. I ride all the time, and our roads are bad, bad. Well, it, but... In in the city of Peoria, even if you just look at the county roads within the city of Peoria, you're talking $100 million of, oh, yeah. of, of repairs just on, on county-run roads. If, if you want to start looking into the city roads, too, the, the couple million bucks that they've got set aside for road repair barely puts a dent in that. That's so right. It's still got to be right. paid so for it's, it's definitely a money thing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a money thing. And that's going to come down to, again— some kind of fees and taxes. Mm-hmm. What kind? You don't know. I just don't want to see the homeowners get hit any harder. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to... It's easy to raise taxes. It really is. That's the simplest thing you can do. It takes a lot of work and a lot of thought process to find ways to make money other ways. Find other ways to bring revenue in. You know? And that's just... That's paramount. I don't think these people can take another tax increase. I just don't. I know I can't. Mm-hmm. You know? 
You talked about uh, neighbors getting to know neighbors and, and having a, a more cohesive sense of, of community yep. in those areas as, as one thing to help fight crime. We're coming off of a, a record-tying year for oh, homicides in the city of Peoria. <clears throat> what else does the police department need to be doing or, or does City Hall need to be doing? One, one of the guys retiring from the council suggested stop and frisk I, as an no, option. I, I, I disagree with that. I think you're going to lose trust. People are getting pulled over now, especially people of color. They're getting pulled over mm-hmm. when it's not necessary, okay? It's mm-hmm. kind of like profiling. I'm a biker. I used to get pulled over a lot. I'm well-known here, mm-hmm. so I don't get pulled over as much. But if I go to a strange town, you know, they see that black leather, they're going to pull you over right away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I haven't done anything. They detain you. It, it's just not good. Mm-hmm. The, the police, the resident police programs that we have, that's a good thing, having them in your neighborhood. And having police that resemble the folks that they live around, mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing, right. you know. And, and that's been a struggle for the city to try to to, to hire, try to do the recruitment and, and to be able to hire. That's given, right. given the budget, is there anything else that that you think they ought to be doing there besides what they have been in, in getting into local schools, trying to recruit more in central Illinois rather than elsewhere? Yeah, what else ought they be doing? You know, we've got this thing. I, and I'm an old guy, okay? I'm, I'm 55 years old. I've lived here That's over not 50 years. Well, <laughs> but, yeah. comparatively so yeah. to the young folks that are having these mm-hmm. problems. I'm seeing, you know, anywhere from, what, 18 to 35, mm-hmm. we're seeing these shootings. All right? Mm-hmm. Have we lost value of human life? We've got to reinstall that, we gotta, and we've got to start early, before mm-hmm. 12, I'm thinking, how precious a human life really is. And then... This other thing with gun crime, a lot of times you'll see somebody where somebody's shot somebody and they've arrested the guy and the guy's got priors with guns. Do we need new gun laws? I don't know about that, but I do know that we're not enforcing the ones. This is a judicial thing where we're not putting a truthful minimum sentence on this. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that costs money, too. Everything seems to. But we got to think about public safety. OK, so if somebody is committing a crime with a gun, they need to. Do a minimum sentence. Mm-hmm. How, how satisfied have you been with the don't shoot program that the the city is? I don't know. Looking at things how it how things mm-hmm. are right now, I don't know how effective that's been really. Mm-hmm. All of our crimes weren't committed with guns this year. There was mm-hmm. a nasty, horrible stabbing just yeah. a couple months ago, and it's just it's it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. When the city had the the they had a number of meetings, town halls, getting people to talk about race and other issues like that. Did you attend any of those meetings? No, I wasn't at that time. I wasn't planning on running for council, although it does concern me. Mm-hmm. I would I would like to see a time when everybody is thought of as equal. I'd like to see a time when we don't you know I. I want to see everybody thought of the same. You know, I want to see people treated fair. Mm-hmm. One of the, the challenges, I I would argue, that, that the city has had in, in getting any forward motion on, on addressing those problems in disadvantaged areas of town is, is getting buy-in from parts of town that, that – you walk out the door and, and you don't immediately see those problems. They're right. there because, you know, as you noted, yeah, we you know, de- decline in property values and people moving out means the burden is placed on, on other parts of the community to make up yep. the difference in property tax. But people, when they walk out the door, don't necessarily see those issues. How do you get buy-in from those parts of the community that we need to work to fix the north end or, or the east bluff or the south side? Yeah, again, We've got to do things that, well, rezoning for one. So we've got, we've got real strict zoning laws that prohibit some things from going into a certain spot. 
there was I, I saw something else on the questionnaire that you guys gave me about vacant houses. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ones that are run down that we're not going to be able to do anything with, especially corner lots, my thought is maybe to convert those to a little recreational park that the community can use. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can give that to the park district. Mm-hmm. That's something we could definitely do, especially corner lots, because it gives people a place to exercise, you know, mm-hmm. and that type of thing. But as far as getting, again, we've got to bring things up to a standard where somebody wants to be there, you know. If I was a younger man, I definitely would want to maybe invest in a North End because some of those houses down there are just they're just awesome looking. Mm-hmm. The, the historical value of that area, it's just it's, it's nice looking. And it wasn't when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It, like I said, what they've done down there, it's, it's gradual. You don't see it right away because it's a little pockets. Mm-hmm. You don't see a big... But, you know, if you go down there, like, you haven't been down there in five years, and you're looking at it, it's like, wow, this could mm-hmm. be something, you know? Do you think that, that the city has the wherewithal? How would you make them have the wherewithal to stick to an idea of, of stitching together some of those areas? Right right now, improvement is kind of hodgepodge. You know, we, we got a little something going on the East Bluff. We got a little something going on the South right. End and, and the North Valley. How, how do you stitch together little bits in, in Averyville and into something that, that starts to look better as a whole neighborhood? Again, just like I said, you got to get the community involved. And I think they've lost trust in local government. I really do. Because they were neglected. We can say whatever we want, but they were neglected. You know, we moved everything out north. It's like we took Peoria and just kind of pushed it north. And that's where the investment went. And some of those businesses are gone now. And that tax base is gone. Again, your tax base is getting smaller. There's got to be some kind of incentives to get people to want to own homes. That's just what it comes down to. What, I, what kind of incentives would you offer for that? Similar, similar to what this, you know, we've got houses that I know that the city takes over that are abandoned. Mm-hmm. If they're something that can be fixed up, bring some of the trades in. You know, the, the, we have a number of gentlemen that would be able to learn and get started doing renovations. You know, that's an, it's part of education. I'm a big, firm supporter of um, doing uh, apprenticeships. Not everybody's wired for college, you know. I wasn't wired for college, you know. I I've basically got my GED and I went back to school mm-hmm. and I studied photography and currently I study uh, homeland security, emergency management through mm-hmm. FEMA because it's free. But I've been doing it for five years and there's a lot of stuff in this that you can learn about and you know make things better that way too with your community. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh- if, if you're fortunate enough to be elected to the council, your most important number is going to be six. That is getting five other people to vote with that's, you that's right. to, to get something passed. How do you work with, with members of the council, particularly ones who, who might think the exact opposite of you on, on how to get from, from A to B? You, again, there's going to have to be meeting of the minds on everything, and there's going to have to be communication. I see a lot of these people, I think they just show up on Tuesday. I really do. And I don't think that's the way to do things. Given my circumstance, I work weekends. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I do for a living. I play music on the weekends. But Monday through Thursday or Friday, I can be talking to those council members, setting up appointments, and we can get together and talk. And, you know, I'm sometimes I think they're going to change my mind, okay, if they've mm-hmm. got a better idea. We've got to have that door open. There's got to be communication. There has to be understanding. And we've got to think about what's best for the people of Peoria. And there's sometimes we have to engage them. You know, mm-hmm. I get asked a lot of questions and, you know, 10 people on the horseshoe, 
aren't always going to be able to make the right decisions. Sometimes you got to address the entire community. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's that's a big undertaking, but there are some issues that require that. Mm-hmm. One of those that, that you identified is is city bonds for you know going into any oh. economic development project. You you want there to be a community vote on. Yeah, on I hate that. to see I mm-hmm. I hate to see the Peoria city waste city funds on things that have little or no real chance of success. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we've done that. Okay, and I and I don't want to criticize, but look at the Pierre Marquette. You know, that's a lot of money, and the citizens of Peoria are going to have mm-hmm. to pay for that. Okay, it was done too quickly. It wasn't thought over quick enough. I mean, I, when I when I looked at this, people people uh, they they had I, evidently they were put on a timeline. Hey, the the council uh, the. City leadership at the time, uh, city manager, brought it to the floor. Essentially, the manager and and the developer said, we got to vote on it now or else. The city, though, on that particular development project, had two more shots at approving later versions of the redevelopment agreement where they could have pulled out. Gary Matthews didn't get his financing together for another 18 months or two years after that first approval, and the council could have pulled the plug on it. After that, the council could have pulled the plug a third time on it, and they chose not to. I just wish they had, because I would have voted no. I would have voted no on that. There's no way. Again, something that big. Pure, the, the citizens should have been aware of it. They should have known more about it. They're, you know, mm-hmm. there's a yeah. We've we agree with everything you say there, but now now it's there. What what can the city do to take advantage of that and the development downtown? How can how can what would you help to bring that kind of development and jobs to Peoria and Peoria downtown Peoria? Again, we're going to have to fix it up. It's got to be fixed first. We've got. I can't see us reaching out too much. I can see us bringing in some economic development via government grants, that type of thing. But I can't see us reaching out and trying to do a whole lot of things because we just don't have the money now. You know, it's just not there. I mean, I want to ask you this as somebody who who is involved in in the music and entertainment scene and and just the look of downtown and and the way it's changed in even the last fifteen years. Uh, it's, not, it, it, it's considerably less vibrant than it used to be on, on People aren't going out weekends. as much. They can't mm-hmm. afford it. They can't afford it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're staying home. Do, do you think that, that that area of town ought to be revitalized, or, oh, yeah. or is the city right to be looking oh, yeah. at, at the warehouse district? And, the and warehouse district is, I was down, down there. there the other mm-hmm. night for a friend's birthday party, and the warehouse district is looking really good. There, There's some things going on down there, and there's entertainment going on down there. There's arts down there. These are good things, mm-hmm. and they're things that attract people. Oftentimes, me and my wife sit, because we travel a lot. I go a lot of different places. I travel to Iowa, and we talk about, you know, what little things in these places we go come to mind, what what attractions were there. And the, recently, like being down at the Warehouse District, there's some neat attractions there. Yeah. Hey, give me some examples of what you're seeing in other cities that, uh, you know, that, that you think of when, when you're thinking of some a city of them, doing something right. Some of them are small. There's this little town called Fulton, Illinois, and it's very small. Mm-hmm. I mean, super small. But they've got three things that come to mind. They have this thing called uh, Heritage Canyon, and it was an old rock quarry. And they basically built this little old city, and it's like a tourist thing where you go through there and you see cities that were built in like the 1860s. You got the barber shop, you got the mm-hmm. church. It's just really cool. They also uh, a, a windmill was donated to them by the Dutch, mm-hmm. and that's another thing to go see there. And you know they got a river, they got the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. and we've got the Illinois River, and I think we could do a lot more down there. 
you know. And I think it'd be fairly reasonable to do. I don't think it's going to cost a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. I like to see things where we're not investing a whole lot of money but getting a good, you know. Mm -hmm. You, one of my colleagues would love to see a whitewater rafting car. <laughs> Just you ask or stay around for a few minutes and he'll tell you. Right. Uh, about how much time do you think you would have to put in in a given week into city council? Work? Oh, everybody's asked me that. And, you know, I'll put in whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, I, I want to see Peoria. And I, I try. we all have a negative, you know, you start reading the papers, you listen to the news, it's always negative. And I don't want to be negative. I want to see Peoria do great things. And I have seen it do great things. The people here are unbelievably resilient, okay? They, they're amazing people. You, you just you have to love them. That's just how it is. I can see myself doing probably 50 hours, 60 hours a week. And I don't think anybody else is doing that. I don't really know. I know some of them aren't. Like I said, I think some of them are just Tuesday people. I hope that's not the case, you know? It's something you wouldn't want to do it at a real young age, I don't think. You know, you got to have time mm-hmm. and you got to be kind of seasoned. I mean, education is one thing, but seeing things, having experience is another. And I believe I have some of that. What kind of job do you think uh, City Manager Patrick Urich is doing? I think he could do better. Okay. How so? I just think he could do better. We can all do better, okay? We could all do better. I think he's a soldier. You know, I think he's a soldier. I think he's doing what he's what he's got to work with. I just think that I, I guess there's an evaluation system that the council uses to evaluate the city manager. And I'm not really familiar with it yet. And I'm going to get familiar with it in the next couple of days. I'm going to go down to City Hall and get a copy. And from my under, understanding, not all the city council members fill this out. And when they don't fill it out, how can he tell if he's doing a good job or a bad job? You know, he's our only city employee, really, and you know, the, the council's only employee. So I know he crunches numbers, and I know it's difficult. I mean, when you got what we got going on, I was looking at my tax bill the other night, and this is, I, my, mine comes twice, okay? I pay, you know, twice a year. The one part of the, there's a line of the bill that says City of Peoria, and I see $475 there every six months. Only 100 of that's going to the city of Peoria. The rest of that is going to pensions. Mm-hmm. Okay? And from what I'm told, we as a city did not pay the amount we should have into that fund to keep that up. We paid the minimum payment. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that would happen to you if you had a charge account and you had a balance and you paid minimum payments on that. You're not going to pay it down. It's going to keep growing. And that's where we're at right now. So we're going to have to figure out a way to get that, you know, where it's paid. Mm-hmm. Again, there's going to have to be some cuts, you know, and not seeing it all, I'm going to have to look at more of it, but I, I see some needs for cuts. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the city seems to have abandoned, and I say that knowing I'll get calls on it, is the notion of, of cooperation of, and consolidation between local government entities, more more consolidation of services with right. the township, with the schools, with the county, with, you know, pick pick your, your 7,000 units of Illinois government. What, what can the city do to get that restarted? We need to get smaller and we got to stop the overlaps because we have agencies that are overlapping. Okay, another thing, code enforcement. I don't really see that as a source of revenue. That is a public safety thing. If we use it for revenue, we're making people angry, you know. Mm-hmm. But we do have a lot of overlapping stuff. 
there's things that overlap, and it's like they do the same purpose almost, mm-hmm. and we need to eliminate that. Again, we got to get more efficient. It's going to take some doing. It's going to take some work. And I'm going to have to get in there and take a real good, serious look at things, mm-hmm. as are the others. And again, it's all about communication. We're all going to have to talk. If we don't talk and communicate and work as a team, we're going to have the same problems we do now. And I, I really don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Voters have a choice to make when they go into the voting booth on the 26th, and they, they got do. another choice to make on April 2nd if you make it that far. Why you instead of any of the other 14 on the ballot? I, I don't want to see taxes go up. I'm, I'm for the taxpayer, okay? I will do what the taxpayers want me to do almost every time, okay? I, I think it's my job to do that. As a city councilman, I think my job is to listen to people, and try to make the city accommodate them. You know, that's why they elect us. All right. Kevin Sibley, thank you for coming in, and good luck in the election. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm.